Now, the media were keeping a watchful eye last night. Of course, loyalists are keeping a watchful eye as well last night on Avenil. The council have issued an order that the pyre must be removed. All of it off the council car park, down the road and away. But who's going to actually move it? Let me speak to Emmett McDonough-Brown, who's one of the councillors from the Alliance Party, who certainly voted in favour of this fire being removed. Uh, Emmett, good morning. Morning. Seem to be in a wee bit of a dilemma this morning, Emma, because there is an order that has been issued by council for all those pallets to be removed. It's on a car park within the Avenil Leisure Centre. They were playing Ring-A-Ring-A-Rosie around it last night. It looked like as if a considerable number of uh, women in the area were objecting to anyone coming in to remove the pallets. So, you know, the man on the street, woman on the street, the person on the bus today would say common sense is probably going to prevail and the chief constable will have told the police, listen, you'd be safer not bothering your head, get in there next or near this or facilitating the removal of it uh, with any contractor assisting you with masks and whatever on. Just let it burn and that'll resolve the issue. Is that not what people on the bus are saying this morning? Well, I, I'm not sure what um, Chief Constable or people in the bus are saying. Um, you know, we can ask them and find out, I'm sure, and they'll be calling in. But I suppose at this stage, we have given an order which um, is that we want the site cleared. And the reason that we want the site cleared um, is not just about the tyres which are there, or which were there, uh, but is about the damage to private property nearby, the damage to a council amenity. There's a leisure centre in that site, um, and people should have free use of that from whatever part of the community that they come from. And also because there are flags erected in that site. So it's a very... Um, um, difficult site in that sense because of the nature of the issues there. So that's why we've asked for it to be cleared. But I, I understand that overnight um, uh, the contractors weren't able to go in um, but there are, our request them still stands um, and we are hopeful um, that this bonfire can be removed um, to deal with those issues. But it's not going to be removed, so it isn't? Well, it might be, so it is. You know, that's what we're looking at at the moment. Um, and, you know, clearly there is a degree of proportionality around these things. Um, and if it's safe um, to do so, then naturally we will. I mean, the people that we asked to do this work, um, you know, they're not mercenaries. Um, they're contractors. Um, and they have to take a, a risk-based approach um, to, to the issue. So, as I say, we've asked them to go in. Um, they, they are assessing that. It's a very live environment, as you might anticipate. Um, and our hope is that, um, that that site will be cleared deal with the threats to private and public property, to deal with the issues around flags, and also to defend the idea that council services, paid for by all of us, whichever bus you travel on in the city, should be free and available to use for the citizens of this city. Is it not going to look very heavy-handed, however? You say they're not mercenaries. It's a term that's been used by Jamie Bryson and by other loyalists that they are mercenaries. But they are contractors who are wearing masks. They have the number plates off their diggers. They go in under the guidance of the police and they look like as if they're imposing themselves in an area where they're not welcome. It turns the tables, so to speak, on the issue. The council, I mean, look, well, the council looking like the bully boys. Sure. 
we'll leave the irony of that complaint to one side. But the reason that they have to wear masks and remove the number plates is because uh, this is not safe work, as you as you clearly understand. You know, this is a very difficult uh, job they're asking people to do, and our and their safety has to be uppermost in our minds. It's one of the reasons that they didn't go in last night, um, and that's that has to be something that we give proper weight to. It's a responsible decision that we have to to, to strike here, um, and the reason um, that it's dangerous work is because people turn up and protest, and that there are potentially public order issues um, whenever people are whipped up um, into thinking that this is some kind of attack um, on on their on their cultural expression. When actually it's about dealing with uh, menace to public and private property. It's worth saying that there are several bonfire sites, um, some of them even on council land in Belfast, uh, that we haven't intervened in uh, because the issues are not as severe or not as grave. So the reason that we're intervening in this one is because, as I say, the risks the public and private property, the flags on the sites, and the fact that this is a leisure centre which has now been closed for two out of the last four days, likely to close again today, which should be open to everybody regardless of where you live in the city. Uh, Emmett, please uh, do stay with me. Really appreciate your time this morning. I want to speak to George Dorian, who's a DUP MP on the council. Uh, Mr Dorian, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Do you have any respect whatsoever for council property, for Avenue Leisure Centre, for the car park there? As a councillor, do you have respect for that particular environment? Frank, this this is a, an issue which we've been dealing with uh, for a number of months now. We have sat around the table with bonfire builders, with agencies, with the council. Uh, we have looked at the best way in terms of bonfires, including this one, about how to minimise any disruption, how to minimise any any problems or anything to the rise. The bonfire as it sits now is, I think, 21 feet uh, high. We worked, we asked uh, during the week for a bit of extra time. We were confident of getting a deal to make sure that the kids and the people there took the tires off. We, we got that despite the fact the vote was taken. The, the bonfire builders moved and did that as well. Uh, we believe, certainly we have spoken, and I would say we have spoken a lot more, I think, to the people there on the ground and people in the agencies than some others. Uh, have done and we're confident that this situation can be resolved. But how are you going to resolve it without damaging the property, without ruining what belongs to everyone in the city, the leisure centre, car park and possibly part of the building? What what did I have to say? The bonfire, actually, whenever you look at it, the bonfire is a considerable distance from the the, the, uh, leisure centre. It is considerably smaller um, that it, certainly that I've seen it for many years. This is the smallest that I've seen it for a long, long time. The issue around the car park, it is in a section of the car park, which is, as I say, away, away from, from buildings. Uh, so we have taken the measures to do this here. Obviously, there is minimal uh, disruption uh, around coming in. People sometimes have perceptions. I was there, I was there the day after, or the evening the vote was taken. People were coming freely to the car park. People were coming in and out freely. There was no disruption. There was no interference with anybody who was coming to the car park uh, or even anything like that at all. Myself and Murphy Gibson were there for a couple of hours. We were chatting to people. We were urging them, please do not go down the line of disruption, of and as any perception of intimidation, anything like that. And people were listening. But this needs to be recognised as well by the council and some reciprocation 
to to get this situation resolved. But is it right, this is the crux of it, is it right to build a bonfire on council property, which is a car park off a leisure centre that's owned by everyone? If I went round there someday next week and threw off an old washing machine, I'd get fined. Whereas you're able as a councillor to support the burning of a fire that'll lead to the tarmacking of that leisure centre car park. What I'm saying is we have sat down over a number of months we have made considerable progress in terms of bonfires, both at this one and right across Belfast. The progress, these meetings and this work is continuing. It is no, it is not a change process overnight. And people need to recognise that. And people need to recognise that whenever positive steps are taken, whenever things are, t- are done, people are recognising there that we need to uh, develop in terms of the whole bonfire culture, in terms of the wider culture celebrations. That is happening. But other, other parties and other agencies need to recognise that this is a process and this is a journey. We are trying to be positive. We are trying to work with the kids who are involved in the bonfires. Others need to listen to. Do you think the Chief Constable, the new Chief Constable, has decided not to remove these pallets? Looks better if they don't intervene on this particular occasion? Uh, unfortunately, that's of my grade what the Chief Constable is thinking. Uh, I think... The PS, I think the PSNI will be considering the if this is proportionate, uh, whether this is in terms of wider uh, the wider community, if this is a sensible approach to be taken. Uh, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Does it make the council look stupid? Well, we said at the time, whenever the vote was taken, this was the wrong way to go. This was not the way to to approach things. Uh, there has been a number of initiatives. The council officers, uh, and myself, and Councillor Kyle, have been involved in initiatives for a number of months. That is the way. Engagement is the way forward. Talking to communities is the way forward. This approach uh, does not work. It alienates communities. Uh, and we said this at the time, this was going to be the problem. Unfortunately, others... Uh, thought it was uh, the way to go and we are where we are now. If the contractors do arrive, if they come in today or this evening or in the middle of the night, overnight, what will the reaction be of the local people? Well, what we have said, for, uh, first of all, uh, the, the main thing is that there, there is no, we don't want to see confrontation. We don't want to see a situation arising. Uh, Mervyn Gibson said it last night at the rally. We don't want to see a situation where our arguments are undermined. We don't want to see it where uh, young people in the community are uh, end up with uh, criminal records, for example. We don't want that situation to develop. There has to be, uh, there will be an anger, there is an anger in the community right now, uh, but we need to channel that anger into positive ways and not respond and not fall into the trap of uh, the, the, the community going down being confronted with police and this type of uh, behaviour as well. We, we don't want to see that. But would you encourage people not to go to the site, not to protest? People in the city, people there are uh, they're, they're local residents, they're from the local community. Uh, we don't want to see our, our main peaceful, proce- peaceful protest is uh, is not an issue. What we don't want to see is it resulting in uh, any any form of um, anything beyond that. But peaceful protest is people's rights. But if you encourage people to have a peaceful protest and then among those peaceful protesters are a few people who want to stir it up, you've called people out onto the street and then you're washing your hands off their behaviour. Not at all. We're not calling on the street. People, uh, there's a, there is a common sense there as well which sometimes uh, the people don't get credit for. 
the people understand what the issue is. People understand the way Belfast City Council sits right now. We're not asking for any sort. We're not washing our hands of anybody. We'll be back there today, as we were talking to people yesterday evening and yesterday and the day before and long before that. So what we're asking for is people to channel the, the frustrations that they have in a positive way. Don't get drawn into confrontation. Don't get drawn into any form of violence, any destruction of property. That just undermines everything that we're saying about taking bonfires and cultural celebrations forward. Do you think the contractors are prepared to do it? They're not prepared to move in. 35 different contractors were asked to remove the bonfire could crane on Portadown. No one's prepared to do it. It's going to burn tonight. Traditionally, it's burnt on the 10th night as opposed to the 11th night, as we heard earlier in the week. So it, 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 it is burnt tonight. It looks like as if it could cause damage to adjoining buildings. And people of all nationalities, a variety of nationalities, have to move out of their houses to facilitate that bonfire. Surely you'd criticise that one. Uh, what I want to say, I don't know enough about that situation down there. The simple thing that I'm going to say is that... No yeah, but, but George Dorian, you don't have to be an expert to know how big it is and where it's located. What I'm saying, yes, what I'm saying is no bonfire should cause a risk to property or life. That is the principle that we followed last year at the walkway. It's a principle that we have followed in any of the discussions we have had about bonfires in East Belfast uh, and Belfast as a whole. We have said the one in, in, in Avenue, for example, at the moment is 21 feet high. Uh, that is a principle we have followed. No bonfire should be a threat or risk to life or property. That is a simple principle. That is what we have followed, and it shouldn't. Okay, George, George Dorian, thank you. Thank you very much for your, your time this morning. One final point to you, Emmett McDonough-Brown, and I, I did put it to, to George Dorian there. Does the council now look stupid if the Avenil bonfire goes ahead as planned? Well, I have to say, I think there's been an abject failure of leadership um, in this case. And the one thing, um, you know, George talks about uh, not wanting to see destruction of property. But in the other breath, he talks about this bonfire on council land, which is clearly going to damage property. I mean, there's a leisure centre beside this site, as we appreciate. There's a car park on which it's erected. And we know from previous cases, like the Shankle, where um, a house is burned to the ground because of flying embers. So there is no such thing as a safe bonfire. And I think if you really want to make progress in this society, you have to be willing to deal with difficult cases. And we ignore, um, for the purpose of this conversation at least, the vast majority of bonfires which passed off in Belfast without challenge, without difficulty. But we intervene in a select few because of the nature of the issues which are there. And I really am disappointed that George is unwilling to talk to people in that community and say there are some standards which we should meet as a people and as a society and we should defend those in broad terms. Okay, Emmett McDonough-Brown, George Dorian, thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Your opinions on it, of course, are welcome. What's your feeling? Do you think the contractors will actually remove the pallets or is it more or less accepted now that the fire will burn? Uh, 0289033105. Going to speak to some of you about this and you have opinions and po- uh, points that you want to make, including uh, Andy, uh, who's on this line. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Frank. And what do you make of it, Andy? Does the council look a bit as if it's a toothless tiger uh, issuing an order that doesn't seem to be able to be imposed? Well, they do look a bit stupid. I personally think at the moment it's a religion thing because when us Catholics burn our bonfires in August and for internment, none of this raises. And I just think the council are being sectarian towards one side of the community and the community should be all-inclusive. Everybody should have... Their culture, basically, they should offer a compromise to move the bonfire. 
Yeah, but Andy, you know, you immediately bring up the bonfires in August. Not only have they caused controversy, they've caused controversy within the nationalist Catholic Republican community with Sinn Féin driving people away from the, the bonfires that, uh, during the internment celebrations. Phelan Fobel grew from the diversionary input to lead people from, from bonfires. The, the bonfires uh, in August, the limited number of bonfires there are, are not without criticism. Exactly my point. So I think everybody has a right, no matter if you're orange religion or green religion, have a right to their culture. So maybe the council can offer a compromise. Because where I live, border down, us Catholics have an area designated for a bonfire. And are you, what, what, what are you what are you calling for? What, what, paint a picture for what you're calling for, because the council have provided numerous bonfire site facilities across Northern Ireland. It's not as if the councils per se say you can't have a bonfire. The councils are saying you can't have a bonfire that's likely to burn your neighbour's house down. There's, there's loads of council properties that are being used or council greens that are being used for bonfires. I think the council should offer a compromise. They should sit down long before the 12th of July and discuss this around about the middle of March, April, so we don't go through this every year. Okay. Um, there would be people who argue, of course, that the discussions and the debates are ongoing, but uh, some of them don't bear fruit. There is this argument, and I've already touched on it, that a considerable number, it sounds like as if there's only one bonfire or two bonfires in Northern Ireland over the next couple of nights, the one in Cochrane and the one at Avenil. That's not the case. The vast majority of bonfires aren't being discussed because the majority of them seem uh, to be passing off without debate or discussion. There are people who were complaining yesterday, is it, is it Glynn down near Larn where there are lots of tyres? But you get examples of that. But I think if we did a, like a, a map of Northern Ireland and showed bonfires that are happening, the vast majority, yeah, I think that's fair to say, a considerable majority of bonfires aren't causing any controversy at all. Um, and many of them will be on ground that is facilitated by a council. Uh, Peter is a point. Good morning, Peter. Uh, good morning, Frank. Uh, I just want to raise a few points there. Well, to begin with, uh, I've heard there that this fire is located there every year in the same location. Well, what do we have? Is it a situation where uh, the people, the cleaners come in to clean up the mess that's left after it? The, the, the car park's resurfaced. We open up the, the Abadi Leisure Centre again, and then 12 months later, we're going through the same process again bringing in the cleaners, resurfacing and that. So if these organisations are so sure that there's no disruption, no damage, well, let them submit maybe, say, a £30,000 bond and uh, whatever change is left after this mess has been cleaned up, they can have the change. So you feel those who light the fire should fix up the remnants of what's left after the fire has burned out? Well, the, well, those organisations, there seem to be a few organisations who seem to be very keen on this thing, they're encouraging it. Uh, as part of their culture, well, uh, they're they're given grants and that for culture and that. So maybe the money from their grant should also go towards a bond, um, towards the, the repair, because this is not just in Avenue, but other areas around Belfast where you're having roads damaged, footpaths damaged, and uh, they're having to come in. Then the, the neighbourhood are insisting and this is repaired. So what you're, what you're suggesting is 
the majority of bonfires are controversial. Well, if, if they're going to uh, clean up a mess and that, but at the end of the day, they, they, for instance, I've had work colleagues who have passed that location or Beaver on that carriageway and they've picked up nails and that and damaged their cars. And it's, uh, well, at the end of the day, who's responsible for it? And it is criminal damage. At the end of the day, they say, what is the problem? It is criminal damage. If I was to set up a, a, a fire outside their, uh, out on the road outside their door, there'd be complaints. It is criminal damage. And if it's criminal damage, I think the police should be there. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. To prevent it happening. Okay, Peter, uh, thank you. Uh, is it criminal damage if you light a bonfire and it burns the pavement, burns the road? Like the, the Beaver Bonfire does that every year. It tends to burn part of the pavement and part of the road. It seems very, seems, how would I best describe this? Much more structured this year than maybe in previous years. There's a little corral around it, but it will still burn the pavement and probably part of the road and the that tar men will be out to fix it sometime next next week. Is that criminal damage or is that just a fallout from a celebration? Uh, Bill has a point. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Frank. Frank, I had a point to make, especially about the orange order, not being up front, not coming to the fore here. Um, but I think it's a celebration, part of their culture, of all our cultures. But the point I'd like to come on to now is what Peter has just said. And I'll give you an example of how you can... Prevention is better than a cure. A number of years ago, they, um, in East Belfast, I was involved because of damage being done to property. And the council came out, made a base with the, their curb agents, filled it with uh, quarry dust, soaked it up, put the bonfire on top of it, had the bonfire, and the next morning they came in, digger, the wee small diggers took it away, and there wasn't one bit of damage to the tarmac. And by the way, it saved them £10,000 a year. After the cost was, when we sat in meeting and asked the price, I put a forward, go not put a base in there, make it like a beacon. Yeah, they did it for one year and walked away from it. So the council were prepared to spend 10000 as to maybe... Uh, they came one day, a couple of workmen set this stuff up. I said it cost no more £1,000. And it was not, not to put the way forward and look for alternatives rather than keep putting the blame on the other people. It's somebody else's fault. I mean, Northern Ireland, we've known for it, the blame game. It's always somebody else's fault. But if you're going to do these things, come up with ideas to prevent damage. And I'd say even last year, the talk was the one on the walkway there, how I was going to topple over everything else. I went down, first time ever went down to watch that bonfire and watched it. And it came down, straight down, perfect. 
no damage, no nothing. It's a, keep, a case of hype and everything up. Everything's going to happen. Predictions, this, predictions. It's like almost like surveys we get every day on TV. They're going, to say, sorry, they're going to say this is going to happen, that's going to happen. But why look what a good idea is? Why not sit down and put proposals forward? Just like I've said, it happened. I've seen it firsthand. They put a base in, no damage was done. They came the next day, cleared it within about half an hour and gone, the car park was usable straight away again. Where was Why that? Not? Where was they've that? Done it, they've done it in the past. But where, where, where was that, Bill? In Bally, in, in Bally Hackamore, Frank. In Bally Hackamore car park. And this, that's a fact. The council came and done it. It'll be on record if someone contacts the council. I'm sure record they came the day, on the morning, I think it was the day before, put the base in, the 12th day, cleared it away again, and the car car park was usable straight away. Yeah, that sounds like a well-organised bonfire, my goodness me. Uh, to get one that would cause no damage is a bit of a, a bit of a task, looking at the aftermath of most of them. Uh, 02890 Do you think the Avenil Leisure Centre bonfire will actually be removed in the next 24 hours or not? What's your thinking on it? If you were a senior police officer, would you send the contractors in? Or would you think... Maybe it's better ignoring the council, just not bother taking the risk. Or do you think, yeah, this is the way to nip it in the bud, absolutely. Grasp the nettle, I think, is more the term than nip it in the bud, because the bud has well and truly grown. Uh, Grasp the nettle. This is the thing to do. Go in, take it all away, and that's it resolved. Show them who's boss. The council have issued an order. The police and the contractors will impose it and people will know that the law of the land stands. Which which way would you do it? If you were the decision maker, uh, 02890 uh, This is the U105 phone-in. Uh, I'm going to speak to a man who's central to this in, in just a moment. phone-in with Frank Mitchell. Sponsored by Salerian Belfast. Supporting SaveOurSunflower.com Salerian, building a healthier future. If these walls could talk, they'd cry for help. Outdoor walls under the weather. Get to B&Q. Where 10 litre Dulux Weather Shield masonry paint is only £30. It comes in a range of colours and forms a quick drying rain barrier in just half an hour. You can do it when you're being q it. Why don't you save up to 60% off thousands of items in the Go Outdoors huge summer sale? Shop in store or online. Ends August 20th with discount card £5. T's and C's apply. Go, go, go. Go Outdoors, the UK's biggest outdoor stores. When the sun comes out, do your glasses come off? Maybe you need an extra pair of prescription sunglasses to prepare for the summer. Mackie Opticians can give you the summer look with our special offer. Just buy one pair from our £85 collection and get a pair of prescription sunglasses absolutely free. That's a dazzling upgrade to help you safely enjoy the summer sun. Get stylish prescription sunglasses from Mackie Opticians this summer. Just call into any of our 13 branches. Mackie Opticians will see you right. I love Lidl for back to school time. Obviously there's bargains for packed lunches, but with a polo shirt, sweatshirt and trousers combo just $4.50. Big stationery from $1.49. Pencil cases with stationery $4.99 and school bags $19.99. I can teach the kids to find quality and Lidl prices. Lidl. Big on quality, Lidl on price. 
It's the one-time only stock clearance event from Collins Furniture. Amazing quality furniture at heavily discounted prices. Contemporary glass and steel dining table with six chairs was £1,200, now only £599. Double draw divan with free headboard was £600, now only £299. And even more great deals on occasional furniture, mirrors and lamps. Clearance now on. Limited stock only. When it's gone, it's gone. Collins Furniture. Anderson's Town Road, Belfast. Ah, the Barbie. It's the sound of the summer. Cooking outdoors with the family. Makes you want to show off with your new gas barbecue. Worth it. Oh no, the rain is never far away. What about some cover? And now the sun's back out. What about some landscaping? You can get all this and more at CES Urban Quarry Outlet. Perfect for outdoor living, heating, seating, pergolas and sand pits. CES Urban Quarry Outlet. 163 Money Ray Road, Castlereagh, Belfast. The King of Waltz is back. Put on your dancing shoes for André Rieu's spectacular 2019 hometown concert from Maastricht. Summer nights are made for dancing, and this is a party you don't want to miss. A magical celebration on the big screen in the comfort of Odyssey Cinemas on the 27th and 28th July. Each ticket also includes access to a special reception in our exclusive Director's Lounge on the 27th. Book now on odysseycinemas.co.uk. When life gets blurred, 2020 Vision will make you smile. Cathedral Eye Clinic is the only place in Ireland to offer smile and advanced laser eye surgery. The 23-second laser procedure has minimal discomfort and could get you back to sports and physical activity from as little as 24 hours. Over 2 million people worldwide have achieved amazing results with smile. To see if you're suitable and get vision to make you smile, call Cathedral Eye Clinic Belfast on 90 32 2020. This is the U105 phone-in. Good morning, Frank Mitchell here until the middle of the day. Jamie Bryson is the editor of Unionist Voice and he's an advisor to the bonfire builders in East Belfast in that area around Avenil Leisure Centre. Jamie, good morning. Hi, thank you, Ryan. It sounds like as if you are going to get your way on this one. Most people would have thought if they had been planning to remove the pallets, they would have done it last night or probably at about four or five o'clock this morning. The fact that they didn't arrive to do it, you get a sense now that the fire will burn as you wish it to on the 11th night? Well, I think I, I, I've had a sense from the very start of this that the PSNI were extremely reluctant uh, participants in all of this. I, I do think, uh, and indeed it's my understanding, that within senior levels of the PSNI, uh, they were uh, quite annoyed at Belfast City Council putting this on their lap at the 11th hour. I don't think this is a situation that the PSNI wanted to find themselves in. So I think at, at Gold Command and Assistant Chief Constable and Chief Constable level, I think there are people in the PSNI now who are considering whether they're being used as political pawns here and whether there's actually a necessity to move in. And our very clear position is all the towers have gone. If I just set out what the young people have done, there was towers not bonfire. Our position is clear. We want to see bonfires with, with no towers. The young people voluntarily dismantled the whole bonfire, took all the towers off the bonfire, built it up again to a size of only 21 foot, uh, and that's where it now currently sits. It's in the middle of a car park. It complies with uh, Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service bonfire guidelines. It's no threat to life, no threat to property. Uh, there's no tires on it. So there is no necessity to move into this site. Uh, and therefore, I think that's the assessment that the PSNI are making at this point in time. Uh, and I would hope and I would urge the PSNI not to allow themselves to be used as pawns of a nationalist uh, council because ultimately there is no unionist political support 
to move into this bonfire. There's no community support. So ultimately what the PSNI would be doing is at the behest of a nationalist council uh, moving into a unionist area without political or, or, or community support in that particular area uh, and invading a bonfire that poses no threat to anybody. And I would also say there's many other bonfires on council land uh, that they're taking no action against, but that's one of the safest and smallest they appear to be targeting. Uh, and look, I think they're, they're, they're turning this into a, a bit of a standoff. And if you were there last night, uh, people will have seen there's women, children, pensioners, people from all over Northern Ireland coming to stand with the people uh, of Avenue who are standing in defence of, of their culture and invite to stand with. Eamon McDonough-Brown of the Alliance Party describes it exactly the opposite of how you're describing it. He does see it as a threat to property. He (laughs) sees it as bedecked in flags. He sees it as uh, really breaking any protocol there would be with regards to the erecting of a a bonfire. And he sees the damage that will be caused to public property as a result of it being lit. Well, look, Emmett McDonald and I don't take much heed to very much that he says, but I think it's very clear what's been exposed in the last couple of days is this was ultimately at the start all about tires. And I think because of the, the strategic uh, way in which the young bonfire builders and the positive leadership shown at Avenue has dealt with this, I think they've cut Alliance SDLP Sinn Féin on the hop and I think they've been left absolutely exposed now, where people now are seeing the actual agenda, which is just a total eradication uh, of unionist culture. And uh, representatives of the bonfire yesterday put a call out, an open call and a public statement, and in the media and said, look, come to the bonfire. Uh, we're willing to meet you. We'll meet you anywhere. Uh, we'll put it out to all the leaders of the main political parties and nobody wanted to come uh, and meet them. So why don't the Alliance Party hold a meeting at a place or time of their convenience with the bonfire builders and explain exactly what's wrong with this bonfire because ultimately if you look at all the statements before the tires were removed it was all about tires that was the big issue and now all of a sudden they've been caught on the hop the real agenda has been exposed and they're now trying to shift uh, the goalposts this, this bonfire uh, um, so i would also make the point that the bonfire builders at avenue have uh, held out the offer uh, they've more than welcomed the fire service to come in uh, to inspect the bonfire to give a safety assessment of the bonfire and the bonfire builders willing to take any advice from the fire service in relation to, to any safety um, concerns that they may have. We don't believe that there is any uh, at all. We believe it's entirely safe and it's within fire service guidelines, but ultimately if the fire service want to come in, they will be very welcome uh, to do so. So these bonfire builders are doing everything in their power. They're bending over backwards and all the aggression is coming from these nationalist parties in Belfast City Council. Well, a democratic decision was reached at Council to remove the bonfire. There's still a call from Council to the police to escort the contractors to remove the pallets and for it all to be taken away before the 11th night. If they do move on it, what will the reaction of the people in the area be? Well, I think that, that, that everybody is very angry. We've called for people to remain peaceful, and I think people have remained peaceful to this point in time in the face of what is extraordinary uh, provocation uh, from Belfast City Council. So I would praise the people so far, and we would urge them to, to always remain uh, peaceful and not to uh, be drawn into the type of confrontation uh, that this council appear to be trying to whip up between loyalists and the PSNI. However, uh, should 
mass mercenaries uh, and the PSNI invade a small unionist bonfire to tear it down, uh, you know, 24 hours before the 11th of July or sooner, then I think any positive influence that anybody has tried to exert over this situation would be exhausted uh, at that point in time. And I think there's a very little chance that anger could spill over, not just here in, in Belfast, but actually probably across Northern Ireland because there was a vast turnout last night for people from all over the country who were expressing their anger in relation to this issue. So I think we're walking a very fine line here uh, and I don't want to play up um, any any potential for there to be any, any disorder or any confrontation because loyalists are very, very clear. Nobody wants any type of uh, confrontation, any disorder. We want to avoid that. We want to urge people uh, to stay peaceful. But I think we have to live in the real world and I think that, that the loyalists and unionist community are, are at a tipping point now uh, and I would really urge the, the PSNI chief constable to consider uh, what he's doing here because as I say there's no threat to life or property, there's no legal necessity for them to move in and there's no community support and we would again continue to urge them, please, please do not allow yourselves to be used as pawns of a nationalist council to set our community against the PSNI because confidence in policing will take a long, long time to recover in the unionist community. You mentioned the loyalist community across Northern Ireland and how they'd react if indeed the pallets are removed in the next 24 hours. If in some areas of loyalism there was violence, would you condemn it? Well, I understand people are very angry. We're urging people to stay peaceful, to, to not... But would you condemn anyone who resorted to violence? Well, you're asking me to, 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 to speak about something. If what I'm saying is we're urging people very clearly, stay within the law, do not react to this provocation. This is this is what these people want, and we will continue uh, to urge people to stay peaceful uh, and to stay within the law. But we have to live in the real world here. People are angry. The loyalist and unionist community is at a tipping point. Uh, I think last night uh, we also heard another ludicrous decision by the Pledge Commission, and many people are feeling, you know, enough is enough. This is this is too much, and we're working very, very hard to urge people not to fall into that trap that's been set by by these agencies and these bodies. It's continuing to try and poke and poke and poke at, at the unionist and loyalist community. So we all hope for a peaceful and positive uh, 12th of July and 11th of July, and that is what what every sane, sensible person is working towards. There's no sensible person that wants to see any form of disorder, any form of, of anybody going outside uh, of the law. But look, the PSNI statutory agencies, the political parties stirring this up have to play a part in it. They have to try to escalate uh, this situation. And again, we just reiterate, if they want to meet the bonfire builders are happy to meet the leaders or representatives of any of the main political parties or any political parties, happy to bring the fire service to site, happy to meet again and continue dialogue with the PSNI. Those doors are all open. Bonfire builders want to do everything possible to avert this potential disaster. Sam McBride from the newsletter in a tweet yesterday suggested that duly elected unionist politicians have maybe ignored you at their peril in the past and this time round you're trying to create a second drum cree from the Avenil Leisure Centre bonfire. What, what, do you, what do you say to that with your call to loyalists to be aware of what's going on? Well, it's obviously not, not me as an individual. There's, I think there's a danger in all of these things that 
it ends up being, being pointed around one particular individual. And that's why I've been very clear and, and that's why I've been urging all week for, for different spokespersons to come forward and different voices to come forward. And I think the Bonfire Builders have done that fantastically. They've, they've put forward some really articulate voices uh, in the media this week to put, put their case forward. So this, this is not about me. This is a collective, uh, a mass movement of people. I think there's maybe five, 600 people uh, were there last night. They weren't there for me. They were there for Avenue Bonfire and they were there in defence of, of their culture. So look, this is not about me and I don't, I don't want it, it, it to okay, be Okay, but would you want a drum Cree style protest? Well, I, I think if, if there was an attempt to come in and remove this bonfire, I, I do think it, it would be uh, it would be too far. Uh, and at that point, would I support peaceful uh, and lawful protests across the country uh, to stand in solidarity uh, with the people of Avenue? Well, I'd have to say yes, I would. But but to be very clear, uh, they would have to be peaceful and unlawful. I don't think any sensible person would, would support or want to encourage any, any form of violence. But look, we're a long way off that. We, uh, I think we can see the next 24 hours. I think the PSNI continue to keep cool heads uh, and not be, be bounced into this. And I think we, we, we will have a peaceful uh, and enjoyable uh, 12th of July. And I think loyalists and the I are doing everything possible to de-escalate and soften the situation uh, for our part. Uh, today, I understand, you know, there's going to be street parties, hopefully bouncy castles for the young people, ice cream vans, burger vans. Uh, you know, there's been women coming from all over Northern Ireland bringing sandwiches and tea and buns. And that's the type of atmosphere we want to create. The last thing we want is for this to descend into some kind of sinister uh, standoff between loyalists and, and the PSNI. So, you know, today we hope it's going to be a carnival atmosphere at Avenue. We hope that carnival atmosphere is going to continue uh, through the night tonight with large numbers of people there. Uh, and we hope we can all have, have a good day tomorrow and a good day on the 12th uh, without there being any uh, form of disorder uh, whatsoever and everybody to have a peaceful and enjoyable time. So it's the organising of a carnival. It's not a non-elected representative from Donaghadee putting it up to the police and the council. Well, again, why are you trying to personalise it about me? Because it's not about me. Uh, it's, it's a mass number of people. Uh, this is not me. This is not Jimmy Blyton's bonfire. This is not my protest. This is the East Belfast Cultural Collective. But more than that, this is grassroots unionism coming together and saying uh, enough is enough. I don't think how anybody could take anything sinister from some kind of carnival. People having street parties, pensioners bringing food and sandwiches, bouncy castles for kids. I don't see how that's, that could be in any way construed uh, to be putting it up to anybody. I think, if anything, loyalists are trying to soften the situation and create a family-friendly uh, atmosphere on any, any type of sinister standoff. Okay. Uh, Jamie Bryson, appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Uh, 